back to Behind Track Limits. This is season two, episode four, and we are going to be talking about this weekend's Australian Grand Prix. It was, I quite enjoyed the race, even though it was a early wake up. Um, eventful, to say the least. Uh, James, what was your thoughts on it? Uh, I thought it was pretty good, actually. I thought there was a lot of, I guess, more overtaking than we'd seen in the past, and a lot of surprises as well with science and the staff and uh, failing to score points. Yeah, I'd agree. I think the new track layout was definitely like much improved on what we had previously. Wasn't Daniel Ricciardo involved in that? I swear he said that he was involved in the changes of some sort and he made like, what was it, turn four or something a little tad wider? I think I think that's something along them lines. Yeah, they widened out quite a few of the corners to make it more fast-paced, didn't they? Yeah, because I remember Alex Albon at the weekend, he was doing like the new track layout on the sky pads and he was literally saying like it makes it easier to turn because it doesn't feel like because they had to stop and start it literally just like flows so it's easier to go into the next turn in comparison to what it was previous so it's more a bit of a high speed track than probably what what they thought because essentially it's still a street circuit in a way good idea to get the drivers involved in in designing or like making tracks better if you want to call it that because they know what they need to have better racing. So to get them involved, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, it's definitely, they're the best, they're the professionals. They know what needs to be done. So they're the best yeah. consort in my opinion as well. Yeah, sorry, no. So I was going to say, I guess we should start with a qualifying where it first really kicked off uh, with the Strada and Latifi crash. That was the first <laughs> big instant of the weekend, wasn't it? I think uh, that it was Latifi's fault. I mean... I guess everyone can say he should have looked at his blind spot, but Latifi like let him pass and then gunned it. Like I don't know why he would go that power like that fast in that section where he just let someone through. No, I I disagree with that. So you can see him. He pulls he pulls to the one side, and then he looks in the mirror because he's actually paused because obviously Strolley's on his hot lap. Well, he thinks he is, but he's going slower than what he says. Then he thinks, oh, hang on, I'm on my hot lap. He's going too slow. I'm going to go. Then next thing you know, Stroll isn't... The racing line should be straight ahead, and he pulls in to the right. And then that that's when, obviously, Latifi just goes, and they they hit. So I, I, I think it's Stroll's fault. Right. Only because Latifi stopped and waited. If he hadn't stopped and waited, I think that would be a different story because Stroll could see him, and I don't know why he did that. Yeah, I mean... it. I think Latifi thought Stroll was on a hot lap, but he wasn't, which is why I let him through in the first place. And then when he saw he wasn't, he was like, oh, okay, well, I don't want to be behind him for my lap. And then Stroll was just off the racing line. And it's weird because he he seems to turn when Latifi is, like, closer to him. It's not like it was he was far behind and turned. He, like, actually turns into his wheel. So I don't get it, but Stroll's got a habit of turning into people as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah, no, I mean... I do, yeah, no, he, he does, he does. But I swear they were saying it was like, um, uh, which Alpha Romeo was behind them. I guess, obviously Latifi had moved over, but I don't know, I guess it was just a bit of a, a thing incident. I still feel like Stroll, if Latifi could have gone left of him, I didn't feel like he needed to go right. That's all I thought. Yeah, I mean, I guess if he'd gone left, he would have, the crash wouldn't have happened, but again, he would have been on the yeah. racing line and there wasn't enough coming through, I think, so... Was it, was he on a hot lap, the Alpha? Uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but he was definitely he, was he had some pace on him. Yeah, 
What about uh, who else crashed? Uh, in qualifying, Alonso crashed on his Q3 oh, yeah. lap. Yeah, I was very, I was very disappointed oh. with that one. Yeah, that was, was lap of the good. day. That was actually lap of the day. I think he would have got third, fourth. Uh, yeah, and I, I think, th- I he, think he would have out qualified Checo if he. Yeah. Yeah. I think so as well, and I think a lot of people did because I don't understand. I don't know what what's happened to Alpine. Like they've just come miles ahead of everyone oh. else, and obviously there's something sorry. about Otmar what he's done. Hmm. I wouldn't it's say they've come miles ahead. I'd say because where did Ocon qualify? He didn't. He didn't. He do, qualified he eighth, the, I think. That wasn't on the pace of Alonso, so I feel like it. Their car is there, but I think maybe Alonso got the set right. I think it's interesting about Alpine because their car seems to be quick, and they're both they're both established fast drivers. But I can't, other than Alonso in Q in qualifying all of Australia, I can't really say any of them have had a standout performance. Ocon's got ten times as many points as Alonso, but I think Alonso has been more impressive because he's just seems to have that raw speed of when his reliability and look goes his way. I think we could see some good performances out of that Alpine. I mean, George Russell seems to think that Alpine are quicker than Mercedes, so who knows? I quite enjoyed it, and it looked like it looked like such a promising lap, so it was really heartbreaking for him to just, I mean, look at the times. He was even faster than, than Charles Leclerc in some sectors there, so. That's what I mean. That was, it looked really promising. So you can clearly see that the Alpine has the pace to, to do well. But it's not just yeah. the Alp that has the pace. You have to think about the driver, like Alonso. Like he's, he wants to stay forever in F1. Like he says he's got like three more years in him. So I think we're yet to see the best. I think it's coming. And if he gets a podium or two or three, I think it'll be a solid start for Alpine. Yeah, going forward with all their changes. Yeah, I think Alpine should realistically be at least fourth in the championship at the end of this season. And if not, I think they'll be very disappointed based off where so, the pace is so far. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, where McLaren are, because obviously that's their biggest competitor, so speak, along with, well, was with the Ferrari, obviously that's a bit different now. Yeah, they've they've got to come a bit more ahead of what from the rest of the pack. because you can see, like, the, obviously, the new regulations have brought the pack a lot closer together and a bit more than probably what we all thought. So, yeah. And it obviously shows with the Alpine. Uh, I think that was it for qualifying. Leclerc got pole, then Verstappen and Perez, wasn't it? The top three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lando P4 was quite interesting, I thought. I was just going to say, Very to be ahead of both Mercedes was quite impressive from him. It was. Very disappointing for Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Yes. E nine. I think he was on a fast lap when that red flag came out. He got very unlucky with Alonso's crash. Yeah, he was. I think he would have been in that top four. And uh, I mean, he just got swallowed up at the start of the race. He re- I really don't know. What- I think that Fry must have had some sort of issue. There's no way he dropped back to 14th and then spun on his own. Do you? I think- heard he got a new steering wheel. Oh. So that was. The problem he had. Ah, I was going to say, right. do you think they are with obviously with with obviously with championship rivalries it be previous, it's been different. But like obviously this one is a bit in house. Obviously we've seen it with Nico and Lewis Hamilton, and obviously that that was a bit different. But these two are obviously such good friends in comparison to what them two were. So obviously we all know that Charles is literally 
the probably the first driver for them do you think they are like putting show first i kind of get that sense that carlos is kind of like plodding along being a great teammate but i don't want him to feel that he's like second best and at the moment i think he probably feels that way and i think the team are kind of doing that for him that's what i kind of feel anyway the way i see that is it's less the team putting labels on his first and second i think charles is forcing ferrari's hand to be like look i'm i am the real deal i'm the one uh, i mean i was doing my own research and this is the second biggest lead in the championship after three races ever wow. in Formula One history. The only beat the by uh, Rosberg in 16 when he won the first three okay. races on the bounce. Yeah. But the I mean, it's hot, it's very early to tell, but I don't think we're having a title fight this year. Uh, the way I see it. <laughs> no, I, I literally, I, when I watched the race yesterday, I was like, it's shows to lose. Yeah. I think at this point it is even even though we're only three races in, there's still 20 races to go but that ferrari just looks amazing i think it's a bit early to say like title fight is over we're not getting one i mean i get it i totally get it because charles is amazing like he's a fourth a force to be reckoned with this season um but i mean i guess we all know the mercedes guys are going to come back Possibly. At some point this season they will. I'm I'm not even a second thinking about uh, uh, writing them off. Um, but with the whole Carlos um, thing, I mean, I guess we're going to see another side of Carlos this season, a side we we did not see before. Because on Saturday he was he was saying like I'm going to be angry until I go to bed, and I don't think that changed on Sunday. No, I think he met, I think he woke up still angry. I don't think the sleep helped him very much. No, he did. It, it didn't. <laughs> and then when he crashes out of the race and like lap three, it's not going to help him against the Charles Leclerc who wins the race without ever being in danger. Yeah, I think that, I think that's the issue. Very much agree. Because they're adding more think... upgrades to Charles's car, like they were, like with this diffuser, and they'd left Carlos's like out, and you just think, yeah. You can obviously see it coming, but... I don't think the diffuser adds that much because over the course of the weekend, Carlos could be on pace with uh, Charles, if not a little bit quicker, over some of the laps throughout Q1, Q2. So I don't really think the diffuser really did that because, as we saw, Carlos was on a fast lap on his first lap, where that would have put him with that diffuser. I don't know. I feel like it may have helped him in the race a little bit, but I don't think that diffuser is doing that much work. Uh, Charles, as it's put to be. I mean, yeah, I've got I've got the lap times up here of uh, qualifying, and in Q2, Science was actually top. He set an 18.4, and uh, Charles set an 18.6, uh, and then in Q3, he set a 19.4. So he was a second down, uh, which maybe says a little bit more than you'd like for it to say about how Carlos acts under pressure. Maybe mm-hmm. not uh, great if you want to be a Someone fighting for a title, I don't think uh, that shows too well. Because we've seen it before, even with people like Lewis, where it, he just he needs one lap and he just smashes it and he gets what he needs from it. Um, I think it, there was, a, I don't remember which year, Russia, where he was nearly out in Q2 after a red flag. He hadn't set a lap time yet because uh, he uh-huh. had a track limits violation. And he yeah. put like third to get into Q3. 
that's the kind of how he should have been under pressure. He should have at least got top four with that Carlos under Yeah, that's what you need if you want to fight for the championship. Like yeah. you can say, I'm unlucky. I got a red flag. Yeah, I mean, if you have three minutes, you still have the chance to put it in Q2, Q1, whatever. I think this is where it shows the good drivers to the greats, like Stafford and Hamilton, where they are both, they can do that under pressure, but people like Carlos, which are very rated drivers, are not the Leclerc's, Hamilton's or Russell. You know I mean, the good drivers that we have sat here, because that he shouldn't have, obviously he was unlucky, but he shouldn't have been in that situation to be to begin with. And the pressure he falls under in the race as well, he just falls back. And so... I don't know, a great driver and a good, and a good driver and a great car won't win a championship, which is what Carlos is. Because Leclerc will just, is, as, as we've seen at the moment, just wipe in the floor in, in Maranello. Like, they go in, they're all wanting to talk to Charles. And yes, obviously, as Carlos, but they know Charles is that golden boy. And so they're going to want him to win it more than Carlos because of how he is and his pace. The thing is, we will see how Carlos deals with being the second driver like helping yeah. charles uh, yeah. win the title like give the position back and you know hold the pack up stuff like that i don't i think carl i, I heard someone say carlos's fear is becoming the valtteri bottas of ferrari yeah and i guess that's very true very true that is i guess Being that was his role to begin with was it not because when, when you look at 2019 and Charles beat Sebastian um, and then he's come in on 22, uh, 21, I mean, sorry, on that, I feel like it was, it was always going to be him being the second to Leclerc with how long his contract is. My, so, my thoughts of why they signed him is he's, <clears throat> he's sort of, it feels like he's just a seat holder for Mick until Mick's ready. Yeah. However, yeah. I would say now after a year and three races there is no reason why you should promote Mick over Carlos absolutely yeah. not and but there's also no reason no well he beat him on points last year but quite luckily I would say and uh, I've not seen much proof this year or any at all that he's got a chance of beating Charles in a straight fight but do you think he's going to get a contract extension then yes yes, yes. Yes, of course. I actually think Mick's, is, Mick's been very disappointing, to be honest, especially this season. Against Kevin, I think he's been, yeah, I feel like Kevin was a stepper and I feel like that's why he's had it easy with Mazepin being so awful that he's just kind of shown that he isn't really overhyped, I'd say. Overhyped out of FT. I would say at the moment he's definitely uh, one of the more um, drivers that's at risk of having his reputation go down very quickly because he's yeah. got to prove himself. Kevin already has 12 points to his zero. And uh, yeah. whilst the house wasn't quick, this is the first time he's actually beat Kevin in a race. Did he, did he finish P11 in yeah. the two yeah. races yeah. before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the two, I think yeah. he finished P11, but look at where Kevin's finished. It's not great from him, I would say. Well, you do have to think where they, where they were last season when they had literally an undrivable car. And the fact is he's still beating so many others and he's getting into Q2 and doing different things. Like for that reason alone, he'll, he'll end up in an Alfa Romeo first and then he'll go 
to Ferrari because that, that's the way it goes. He's not going to jump straight into that Ferrari seat. No way. Not, not yet, but anyway. I'm not he's sure. Gonna be, he's gonna be, he needs to be nurtured and understand no. how old is he? He's 23, isn't he? So he's still got... Yeah. He's not, even, he's not even short on time. He's not short on time. But I, mean, I, I, I rate Mick. I, I don't, don't see I mean, him moving to Alpha. I and I see I have two I have two real quick points about the Mick one. Magnus hasn't raced in what eighteen months before this, and has come and whitewashed him in the first race. He did what three hours like he did testing, and then he whitewashed him in the first three two races. And then when you say about age, Yuki Sonoda is much is he much, he's much younger than Mick, two years younger, and he has had more stress put on him because of where he is and what the car he's in and the seat. And you have to nurture someone younger than 23, and they are currently younger. So I feel like Mick, I don't know, I feel like Mick shouldn't be nurtured as much as he should. I feel like he just needs to, he'll get better with time. But to say he needs nurturing, I feel like it's a bit of a, I don't know, it doesn't sit. I mean, for the first two races this season, that has looked like the fourth quickest car, and he's not even made Q3 yet. Uh, I mean, I I would say I don't see that alpha move happening, uh, purely because there's, I believe it's Porsche, Audi, and is it BMW? The third engine, the three engines that want to come in for 2026. And the rumor yeah. is that uh, Audi are going to pick up Porsche and Aston. Um, so if that's the case, we've seen Sauber jump around with engine manufacturers before, you know, they before Ferrari. I think they had a Cosworth at the start of the 2010s. They've had BMW. They started off as a Mercedes team. Uh, they even had Patronus engines at one point, which was just a renamed Ferrari. But um, that Alpha seat, when they decide to move someone into Alfa Romeo, Teo Porsche has got his name on it. So I think it's going to be yeah. very hard for Mick. He's got to prove himself now in what is a competitive midfield. And even if the car's are slightly worse, if he's the talent that Ferrari would want and need, he's got to bring it up like Charles did in his one year with Sauber. Yeah, and I mean, the Alfa Romeo are not going to get rid of Valtteri Bottas with how he's performed no. at the moment. He's going to be their number one for if he carries on with this for a good couple of years, maybe the rest of his career. So it'll be just young drivers getting in that seat, which Mick won't do get into, I don't think. But no. if we look at Mick and then we look at George Russell in the Mercedes, uh, in, the, in, the, in the Williams last year, it's exactly the same, yeah. It's exactly the same. And look at how many races <clears throat> it took George Russell to get his first point or to get into. Like, of course, he was outperforming that car, not like saying George Russell does not have talent. I mean, he's driving in that Mercedes and he got like points in the in the Williams. But I guess it's a bit early to say to, to write Mick off, just like saying he will not get that Ferrari seat. I mean, it, it will take him time, but I guess he just needs a bit more time in the house. And I believe he will get points he, and he will get there. I just think he needs a bit more time. And Kevin has been driving for so many years and he knows that car and what what it can do because technically it's going to be very similar to the previous car he drove. I'm not being funny. They're not going to make that much change. Has aren't because with their cost cap, they're not going to make that many changes. So he'll be able to get in that car and be able to essentially just drive it. And he did. Because that, that's obviously with experience that Mick doesn't have. And being with someone in a team that has experience will build Mick's knowledge up. So, yeah, Mick needs a few more years. I think the issue for me is whenever 
Mick never went out like um, Charles Piastri or Russell and won it. Won any championship first year. He always won it second year. And the thing, it, what was said was, he needs time to learn a car. But when he does, he's very quick with it. Well, in F1, you haven't got that time. You need, everyone needs to be on the ball straight away. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing with Mick now. I think he will improve over the season, but he should have. It's not a thing you can say for for it a new rule change. Oh, it's, it needs time to get used to the car because everyone's got the same amount of time. And um, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's just a bit weird that Haas were nowhere more than anything. But yeah, I do think yeah. Mick's been a little bit underwhelming. Yeah, but I feel like. Obviously, they were saying about um, how to get used to the car. Wasn't it 2019 where George Russell literally out-qualified Kubica every single... Right? Even though he is disability to his left hand a little bit, he is a very veteran F1 driver and he whitewashed him that whole season. So, I just I don't know. I just feel like to say that Mick has all these points has already been proven that someone like George Russell has already beat, done all that and there is people out there that can do better things than Mick. And obviously have in earlier seasons than him. At the end of the day, no matter what driver academy you're in, it's for all. Yeah. They can sign whoever they want, really. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But no, I mean, moving on, I guess, what I would like to talk about, I guess, the Red Bull power unit, or what, what's everybody's thoughts on the reliability. It's just a bit weird that they're having all of these issues over the four cars that run it, obviously the Alpha Tauris and... Um, both obviously Red Bulls, but I just find it a bit weird that they're having that they're having just all these issues. I find it's it strange. It's Honda. At the end of the day, it is still Honda. It's Honda still run by the, Honda as well. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, Honda course, have put the biggest input into this, and obviously Red yeah. Bull might have been 10, 20 percent. But then you can't write Red Bull off because they've been in the fight. Okay, one race they retired both cars. But they've yeah. still been in the fight, in qualifying, in the two oh, races that we've had. Of and you just think that it, there obviously is a reliability issue. And it, it, there is, I don't know if it's with the engine. I think it's with some sort of hydraulics of the car because where it was coming out with flames, like it was so close to Max's seat. And you just think it, it was quite dangerous. He was right to get out. But in the, ra- in the first race, he could smell something again. And he said it wasn't right with the engine. So obviously the driver can tell, but I think it'll, I think they'll have to make adjustments to yeah, to the powertrain, so speak. So they've got to be careful. They are hol- uh, homologated, aren't they, until 26, these engines? Yeah. I don't know when yeah. they, this comes. So whatever they do, they're going to have to try and fix it out because they can't start messing with these engines once they're set in place. And to find a reliability fix, for whatever issue it is, could mean developing a bit more for the engine which I don't think they are. It's just, it's just so strange that the engines are carried over from last year. They've been carried over. That, yeah. I think, I don't know last time they had like a big update, but they are exactly the same engines as last year. I think it's just the, last the fuel they use them. I don't, yeah. Oh yeah, they've got the E10 yeah. fuel as the difference now. Yeah, the fuel is different now. But I don't remember one Honda power unit issue the whole of last season. I may be wrong. I don't remember no. one big one in a race. Yeah, not Max race, didn't no. have one. Max didn't have one. Yeah, exactly. um, I don't remember Checo having one. I don't really pay that much attention to the Avatars anyway. But just so strange that this um, fuel issue it, it can cause so much. It's I just think, strange. 
I think it's just a bit like there's obviously been three races in sets, so three different um, atmospheres and like different. Oh, I forgot the word for it, but it's three different track surfaces, temperatures, air, temp, air wind, everything. There's it's three different tracks in three different parts of the world, and they're still having these issues. So it's fundamentally so I feel like there's something wrong in that Honda engine somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I guess they just need to figure out what is wrong because from the statements that they have given, like it does not really come across that they have a clue where it came from. And it, no. it wasn't the same issue that they had in uh, Bahrain. Yeah. So, I mean, Dude, that's there's you leaking in the middle of the race. Yeah. That is not a good yeah. sign. No, definitely not. Uh, but they have now got, obviously they had to fly out from Bahrain straight to Australia, which is why um, Nick didn't actually run in Saudi Arabia. Um, but they've now got time to go back and check it. So I think, Hopefully, by Imola, it should be fixed because they are one of they're the one of the greatest teams at the moment, and um, yeah, yeah, definitely a force to be reckoned with Tuesday. no matter what. They'll know on Tuesday. They said when it comes back to Milton Keynes, they said they won't know until then. Until yeah, they don't the know what apart. the exact issue is on yeah. Tuesday. On Tuesday, yeah. yeah, when they take the car apart. I mean, yeah, but I mean, oh, no, I was going to say about um, Max and his title defense, like what. I think isn't it Lewis is like two thousand nine, which is which is the worst or one of the worst, how the car was made, and I feel like Max is in that position at the moment with points wise. Am I? I'm probably. I think wrong. statistically the worst is Jody Schechter in nineteen eighty. He got two points after winning the title the year before. I really, I mean, I, I, I didn't know that. But no, Lewis's was quite poor in two thousand nine. Yeah. But I believe I, I may be wrong. I believe Jody Schecht is the worst of all time so far. So Max already beat that, which is a positive for Red Bull. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do we think he'll come? Obviously, he will come back. But if Ferrari start this form better, then do you really think Max will have this chance of clawing it to do a 2021 fight? No, ma- no matter uh, how much you like Horner, Red Bull, Marco. Marco said it best last year. They've came back from a 46-point loss deficit with Vettel in 2012. They've, they have, 2010, Vettel was quite far behind as well at one point. They've yeah. done it before. They could do it again, but I don't see it happening personally. But as we found out from 2012, the McLaren was faster, just unreliable. It's basically like a Honda now, the Red Bull now. It's fast, but doesn't really work or it fails sometimes. So... You've got to like make sure that they fix everything to get it working. Because Ferrari at the moment on this massive wave of everything's working, power unit, aerodynamic, the porpoiseon isn't. It looks a bit worse, but they've got the lap time to back that. So to to beat them will be a challenge. Yeah, the I biggest they've ever faced. In a race, so much can happen, okay. and just I mean, of course it's going to be difficult. But if they manage to get those issues under control. And to give him a, a reliable car, I think he has the chance to come back and to challenge Charles. Because, I mean, let's say Charles has like one, he has made mistakes. And I don't think he will have a whole season of not making mistakes. Even yeah. if he's improved, he will still, everybody makes mistakes. And so I guess just one tire failure for example or one crash on one and he's out of the race and then we deduct 24 point uh, 25 points of this like 
I mean, yeah. the thing is, the th the way I see it is, we are three rounds in, so obviously yeah. points deficits. You've got time to bring them back. But even if Charles retires in Imola and Max wins with the fastest lap, he's still twenty points behind him. Twenty yeah, points the, after yeah. four races. That's that's only that one is, race. Exactly. But, that's only yeah. one race. You have that's to think true, if it comes like, if we get to I don't know like Monaco. Azerbaijan in a Monaco Azerbaijan where you, and anything can happen there because obviously we know that's a Red Bull circuit that that type of thing you 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 back level. Yeah, yeah. I mean you've got but to take twenty five points that. off Charles from Monaco anyway. Really, he's only having yeah. a twenty two race season. But I feel like you've got to, like I feel like this is working out a little bit for Mercedes all this like problems everyone else is having because I said they're sit second as drivers, I feel like it's giving them a bit of time, but if they get back there and they are as quick as they say they are, that doesn't give Max just to go and win it all if Charles fails. They'll have Rebel, the Mercedes, to potentially contend with. And it's not always just going to be plain sailing when it comes to Lewis and Fing, maybe even George and Max. We don't know what they're like yet. But the they're thing... still Sorry. a good amount of time. Sorry. Uh, there's just, uh, if Mercedes come back, that's three teams, that's six cars. That could... That, that are in this then fight for wins and that doesn't always mean Max will come out on top obviously so then there'll always be a fight a challenge I mean so, for me the thing with Mercedes is I got I got a little bit of hate actually, but I, I think we're starting to see tensions that radio message from Hamilton at, I don't remember what lap it was for close to the end of the race where he seemed quite agitated with the team I think he'd been told to the whole position I was just it, the way he, the way he came yeah. across saying you've put me in a predicament here seems like there could be tensions forming already. And they didn't Twice. put him in any predicament. I didn't. Think he was that. unlucky with the safety he was, car. He was unlucky. So this has happened two times now that he's been I'm unlucky this season alone. But I was from what I saw from obviously I'm a Hamilton fan, so the insiders I see on Twitter and I the people I know, I saw that they were telling him they had a PU overheating message or he was his power unit was telling he was on to lift and coast because for the last like five six laps up to then he was in that drs range of george russell and then backed off to about two seconds was it something like that so or backed off enough to make i have um, heard that he was overheating when he was following yeah close. yeah and so he was the predicament come across maybe as i want to get this position but you're also telling me to save my power unit for overheating i don't really think it was tension i think it's just it's but, a predicament trying to seven-time world champion he knows that it's a long season he knows that he's got oh, to yeah, no. save that engine that's not a predicament that he should be having having an issue but, with in a race that's just something that he should be like this is it's what a predicament yeah of course but it's a predicament when that car isn't capable of winning so it is and you need to grab all the points you can get so it's a predicament trying to grab all the points you can get i agree but car. the fact that he said it out loud over the like over the radio shows that he's I don't a they bit even know do they even know okay they don't know what team messages get broadcasted that the drivers no but the fact he said it at all exactly it should I mean, just but, be yeah. something he should put his head down and get on with in my opinion and yeah, he's I mean, in this business for so long he knows everything he says has the potential to be broadcasted so he knows so it do, so so do all the drivers I don't I don't see it was just a thing he said and there were so many different things going on that thing I bet Verstappen, once he had his thing, didn't broadcast all his retirement broadcast. 
No, they broadcast what he said after his engine shot off, didn't they? Yes, that's, that's what true. I mean. That's what I mean. Not the leading up to it. So how were we meant to know he was all being nice and sweet and all that until thing? It's up to F1 what they choose to. Yeah. Yeah. What they choose to broadcast, just... and they're only going to broadcast the the best parts, unfortunately, because yeah. the sport is now a show. I mean, I don't know. I mean, all drivers are agitated for the race. I guess it all just is how they say it. Um, I don't know. I've... I can't remember what we were talking. What you were gonna say? Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll just go off the cuff and try and make it sound like. <laughs> but um, no, I think I think that the uh, it's just the way that he broadcast it like that is it just shows that even though they're not fighting for a title, he cares so much to beat his teammate that if this starts happening consistently with Russell being ahead, then tensions will. I, in my mind, definitely fall. Like, you can say as much as you want, oh, everyone says this, everyone gets agitated during the race, but no, no. that's what causes tensions, and I could see it happening if it carries on like this. You know what? I just thought of something, and I know you will say, oh, no, he's just being funny, but Lewis Hamilton is the king of mind games. He's the king of mind games. Right. And he saying on stage with George Russell, where Josh Russell says, Mr. Hamilton, and Lewis says, actually, sir. Yeah, He's, he is very subtly saying, know your place. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, so, I don't think he even needs to worry about it because Toto, well, when you are the champion of the team, you are always a champion of the team, which has shown throughout the whole of past with Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes, and other teams. I just feel like he doesn't need to worry about his spot or the potential of whatever happens in that team yeah but they won't do i said it before i'll say it again they can't treat george russell like they treated Valtteri bottas not when they see george as no. the future like they do they can't do it the same and i think and Lewis george Hamilton and Toto have remember, a close relationship yeah first of all that and second of all i don't think lewis hamilton can remember the last time he was told to hold position behind his teammate Probably not since Rosberg, if that. No, 2011. 2011, I'd say. When he was yeah, uh, probably, yeah. smashing so his Very different times for him. Definitely. That's, that, that's what happens when you haven't done it for what, over 10 years. You you don't get used to it. And it's more of a, a thought process than a, like a, oh, I've got a whole position. Yeah, I think. But I don't think. When, I, I'll see. Sorry. I don't think Max would either, but that's just me saying that. I don't know. Would Max now hold position as would any driver hold position right now, like Charles or? No. I don't. I don't think I see Max holding position there. Uh, do you guys really want to compare Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton? They're very different drivers, but in terms of talent, they're very similar. similar. They they, they yeah. both disappear for the rest of the field. They both have that pace, that raw pace, just to disappear. And I'd say the only person that doesn't have that is uh, the only person that has that that's not them in the field is Charlotte Claire. Just what I've seen. I think I I got it completely wrong last past few years. I've said that I don't think Leclerc's at that level. I think Russell is. Personally, I just don't see it based off how this season's gone. I think Russell, Norris, and Sainz are they're going to be remembered as Weber's courtards for me. More I don't than. know. I think we gotta give George a little bit more time, but give him a check car that is as quick as yeah. a championship winning car. That's what we gotta give him. He, he's yeah. he, well. He's currently in one, 
and he wanted that move so bad and he's kind of I think he's put himself in a bit of a difficult situation I think he's kind of changed in an aspect of things I feel like he's he's become I don't know how to say it Vanessa you'll back me up on this one he's yeah the Merck's bit... showing yeah he's yeah. becoming Merck like he is becoming yeah Merck. yeah, yeah, the, Merck, no, he's yeah. The, the PR Merck yeah, well, yeah. Just the yeah. Fact. and it's taken away from what he is really about this young yeah. British driver and it's taken it all away and I think a lot of people have, are thinking is he really the real deal I, I've I, I think the, the one comment that sticks out to me since he's joined is this weekend where he said, we're the fifth fastest car. Nobody outside of Mercedes thinks Mercedes are the fifth fastest car. Not by a long stretch. They are, in my mind, a clear third with Alpine just yeah. behind. There's no yeah. way you can find two teams that aren't named Red Bull and Ferrari that George Russell would, would have done better in than that Mercedes. Yeah. And I think that comment there is just, for me, that's what, that's such a Mercedes-esque comment. It's just like putting themselves down lower to then seem better when they perform good, if that makes sense. I feel like um, Max has started to do that a little bit. I, I always seem to go back to him because he said about how Ferrari was so far ahead of them. They're not that far ahead of them. Only today, only yesterday's race, they were that far ahead because the tyres of the blistering and the setup they had. But Max was like, oh, they're so far ahead of us. They're not really. I feel like every team, once they start falling or slowly slipping, they all go, oh, we're, that, we're this slow. So I feel like every, besides the Red Bull have fallen into that little PR trap of saying they're super slow compared to others. Yeah, I think if you look at this Ferrari, it's, it's, not, it's not on the level of, Mercedes from 2014 2016 that was ridiculous that like nothing we've ever seen before it's much more like Red Bull 2010 2013 2012 where where they had they had the fastest car and they had that driver that took it to the fastest car but they had to have the right person to unlock it because don't forget Mark Webber never finished second in a world championship not even in 2011 and 2013 he never finished second so if someone in a slower car can still compete i think that's what we're seeing from yeah. ferrari this year not like mercedes 2014 where even a i don't want what's the word i'd say good but not fantastic driver like rosberg can finish so far ahead of the rest of the field uh, uh, what do you make of the of the one sentence george said like it doesn't matter how fast your car is if you don't make it until the end i think that was a hit that back was, a horner that was a hit back a horner saying about you'd rather have a fast car and a reliable car than a slow and reliable car that was what the comment was I've, i think they were both like i think they're both tongue, tongue in cheek at each other like horners was a bit at mercedes mercedes was a bit uh, yeah i feel Russell's like was a bit rebel, but it's what happens it's what happens it's what happens yeah it's nothing deep it's nothing to go over no he'd have never said that in a williams this is what i'm saying no he he's from that's what I mean. I, I think he's getting, um, I think he might be no, rubbing going. people up the wrong way. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. And for me, he's rubbing I, me up the wrong way. I, he, he's rubbing me up. I absolutely love him in the Williams. I was absolutely Williams George, Mr. Saturday, me and Ted on a Saturday in the notebook. I used to love it when he was called Mr. Saturday. And for now, this is not for me. Unfortunately, he's, he's unfortunately lost my vote this season, I'm afraid. Uh, Speaking of Williams, a topic very close to my heart, 
that is my moment of the season already. Same. The moment of the oh, season. I woke up my neighbour. I actually woke up my neighbour. Like, my dad spoke to her that same day I woke them up. I love oh, Albono yeah. so much. Like, he's been through a lot and he's done so much for Red Bull and everyone sitting in that sim all the time. Yep, yeah, literally just sitting in the sim forever and ever. Helping Yuki Sonoda, literally testing what he can, and then to make it to Q3 in well in round one was insane. And I and then next thing you know, yeah, he's done it. I was literally in tears, and he, the whole team were. This is what I like to see. He's so good and he's so underrated. Yeah, I think what a lot of people forget is uh, he. It, as bad as his Red Bull stint was, and I'll say this as an album fan, I've been an album fan since he joined, so my views are always called biased. I don't care. But the thing to f- remember is that 2018 season where it was George Lando yeah. album, the next driver in the championship was Nick DeVries. So if you're going to sit there and say DeVries deserves a seat that bad and say that album's Albon overrated does. and rubbish, album deserves a seat. He showed that in 2019 with his performance, China comes to mind when he was in that tour. Also, in just like his third race, he started from the pit lane, got points. Um, I mean, today's race, well, yesterday's race was just fantastic for me. What was it, 57 uh, laps? Oh, my life. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't And he just held that position. Like, it was just insane. He moved up 10, like, 10 places. Oh, I'm 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 so proud of him. The, the one thing I've like come a long way. I'm surprised that Williams didn't because Williams pit box was before the line. I'm surprised they didn't pit him on the last lap and then is he was not, going through the pit lane. Yeah, with the tires. No, he's he's cha- if you've changed the tires, you've changed the tires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he finished Alexander Albon finished one point seven seconds ahead of Guan Yu Zhou. So yeah. I feel like maybe he, it was three tenths the last where, lap. It was three yeah, tenths so when he came out, and it, it I went. I feel like they would have left it to last lap. He wouldn't have made it. Maybe I don't know. Like, no, so. well, when he exited the pits, he was actually in ninth, I believe. He was ahead yeah. of Gasly, and Gasly took him on the straight. So what I, yeah. I actually yeah, think that he would, I I think he would have got two points, not one, yeah. if he'd have put on the last lap. Well, I mean, he got a point. I, I, we only the strategists know what they are yeah. getting told. So it's it probably the a hard tires. Honestly. I think he was the only man to run the softs throughout the race. I think he was the only person to run. No one was ever going to touch them, let's be honest. No. Them softs were just quality softs. They were just qualified. I mean, we saw from Alonso and Magnussen how bad the mediums were, even. So I feel bad for Alonso a little bit. He he pushed too hard on the mediums too soon and blistered them. So I guess that was a bit of a mistake he made. But we can't talk about Williams without mentioning our Latifi. The worst driver on the grid. I would, I would agree. I, I would say that it's um, him and Stroll are the worst two at the moment. Yes. I feel like he's a bit more embarrassed than Stroll. He's crashed out of what two Grand Prix now in a row. It, it, uh, no, he didn't. Did he crash out? No, he didn't crash Did out. He, he crashed out in qualifying. He didn't crash out in the race. Oh yeah, no, he didn't crash out in the race. Yeah, but he's crashed, he's, he's crashed three times in the last two. It, three times in the last four competitive sessions so he crashed qualifying race qualifying uh saudi arabia race and qualifying and then qualifying for australia but equally i'd say 
Stroll crushed in practice, did he not? Am I right in thinking so that? Did Stroll Seb, cr- so did Seb. Yeah, yeah, yeah Seb so did. Seb, but so I think yeah. Stroll crushed in practice. Obviously, he had the collision in Albon in Saudi Arabia, which he didn't get a penalty for, but Albon did. So whoever you think was fault for that. But then he also turned in Latifi in what I think, obviously, it's very different circumstances, but pretty similar reason for why he crashed with Latif, uh, with Albon in Saudi Arabia, why he crashed with Latifi this time, just not looking at his mirrors and being mm-hmm. unaware of where other cars are. It's, it, no matter how fast you think he is, because he was up there, he was 12th before he started weaving and then hit, he hit, oh, yeah. he hit Bottas in the race. He was weaving in front of Gasly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I would say there are two, things that you can measure a driver by of how bad they're doing is how much they crash and where their pace is at. Latifi's not got much pace and he crashes a lot. And Stroll's yeah. got a little bit of pace but crashes a lot equally as well. So I, I mean, think those two are definitely having the worst season out of anyone. Stroll was only, he was only eight seconds off points. I guess that's eight seconds, but he wasn't, yeah, he's eight seconds off getting points in that. And no one else was a lap barreled under him. So, but I, think I mean, we he had a five-second penalty. As well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So five seconds would have put him, yeah, literally within three. Like two seconds of points, three, two, three seconds of points. But I, I think, think you look at his points. teammates' performance as well, though. But I feel like Sebastian, we can't, he's only he's literally had three hours. One. He had like an hour of practice over three sessions, and then he had one. But they were running quality. together in the race before Seb crashed, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. Hulkenberg outperformed him in the first two races. It, neither of them have had much. Yeah, yeah. Neither of the other two of his teammates have had much have time much in that car at all. And both of them have matched or outperformed him in pretty much every session so far. I think it, at the end of the day, yes, Seb crashed, but that's one mistake throughout the race. Stroll made more mistakes even though he finished. Like yeah. it's it's looking bad on the whole Aston Martin team to have him in the car still you have to think that aston martin i had high hopes for aston martin this year i thought it was i thought it was a beautiful car and i I think they're so much better than what they are one you are looking at a branded name which is aston so everybody just automatically thinks it must be good so you've got the pressure of being aston martin you've got the pressure of one having your dad as the ceo manager whatever his title is you've got that You've got the changes of Otmar going, and that was a long process because they didn't, they're obviously going to not tell Otmar certain things to kind of ease him out of the business, which we all know of. And then now they've got this new guy in. Unfortunately, I'm not even, I don't think he's had done many interviews, so I haven't really listened to what he's said. So they've got this, they've got this whole restructure as the whole business, and it takes time. Yeah. that because you have to think where McLaren were now they've got Zach and Andreas and it kind of all fits together now they're kind of getting back into it it's exactly the same I give them two three seasons and they'll be up there exactly the same I think we have I don't to look think they will as long as Lawrence Stroll is in control because That's... he mm-hmm. is going to intervene in anything that does not go like that is with his wishes, like goes against his wishes. If something happens that he's not on board with, then he's going to intervene. And I think that is going to be a huge problem for Aston Martin moving forward and getting higher up. I think 
another thing. Uh, the car, it, it's not great. I don't think it looks great. But no. from what from what I think, I love Seb. Uh, I think they have the worst driver pairing in Formula One at the moment. Yeah, he will retire. If, he's got yeah, no, 100%. He's, 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 he's not, he's a, not around to do that. No. They're not a team. Like I don't everyone think Lance else has ever been pack. in a team, though. Like, he's never oh, had a okay. teammate where he's been there with it. Like, Comfortable with. No, it's never seemed like him. Maybe. He's ever had a driver pairing partnership with someone yeah. where they've been teammates. They've teammates, just been like, two people. But he, the also, same he also seems very rude because, I mean, just from an outside perspective, because, I mean, what else? can we talk about but i was watching interviews and he was standing behind the driver getting interviews and his media officer was talking to him and he was just ignoring her like not even looking at her just not listening to and she just wants to help him and yeah. he's just flat out ignoring her, and that is not a good look for him he's not had a great weekend and then i mean he surely knows that the whole world can see that yeah and that just not no, good. I think Aston have been my disappointment of the season. I Same. think that their driver pairing. Yeah. Yeah. The, I'm, I'm they're really one of the key reasons as well, I think, because it's just so confusing how Racing Point and Force India could, when everyone else had the most budget, they could produce cars that could rival the teams with the most budget. And now everyone's got the same budget and they can't. It, that just doesn't make sense to me. I think they've just started from scratch with this said Aston and thought we're going to do it like Aston Martin's way. And unfortunately, it's not, it hasn't been the case. And it is, it is a shame to see obviously a brand like that because if, if in a few years' time it doesn't work out, obviously Aston Martin might pull the plug again. So, yeah. I mean, there wasn't really much else, I don't think. I mean, McLaren is another big story. They had a lot of pace this weekend, uh, seemingly out of nowhere as well. Just have so much pace that they did. Uh, I I'd, think... Go on. Oh, um, sorry. I, I mean, pace, pace. Uh, I feel like, yeah, McLaren had, McLaren had very good pace, very close to Mercedes for a little bit. And then, I don't know what happened, they just kind of swindled off once the safety car got them, then they could never really catch... Mercedes again. I feel like Mercedes caught. Obviously, I was surprised when I, but the camera panned and Lewis was behind Checo, and I was like, "Where's this come from?" Because he disappeared off the road a bit. But obviously, Red Bull struggled with their blistering very bad, which I guess showed the setup they'd gone for, um, which is probably very heavy-ended on the front to help. But I feel like Mercedes got that little, as picked up a little bit of pace in this uh, Australian Grand Prix. To, not be to be third in no land. Yeah, but I mean, so the McLaren's finished 53 seconds off Leclerc. Uh, Russell and Hamilton were 25 and 28, respectively. So that's what I mean. So that's it's, it's still like, yeah, it's like 20 seconds yeah. off. It's, yeah. it's still no man's quite land a way. for both teams. Yeah. But they were eight I seconds clear of Ocon, which in when that Alpine looked as quick as it did, that's very impressive yeah. for both, I think. That's, yeah, also comparing to the first two races of the season, that's a huge improvement for them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Which team is it improvement for? McLaren. McLaren. 
I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, McLaren can be dead last. Yeah, from fighting those Astons to now fighting the Mercedes, that's a massive jump. Yeah. Especially in just two races. But speaking of Ocon, he is having quite the season. Um, yes. 20 points already, just five behind Max, who's obviously won a race but retired twice. I think he's going uh, quite yeah. under the radar. He's got he got seventh, six, seven. So he's seventh, six, seventh, all continuously in the top seven of every race so far, which is good points. Well, was he the only finished behind Red Bull and Mercedes then, and then the two McLarens this time? So uh, yeah, he was. So it was yeah, and then in Saudi it was Red Bull, Ferrari, Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes, Haas, Alpine. Alpha. Yeah, the yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And then 7th has... Yeah, no, Haas finished 5th behind Mercedes and Ferrari. And then Alpha was... The, the Bottas was behind, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then Alpine, yeah. But yeah... But I still think that's consistently good points. I, I think that's fantastic game. from him. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. it's been great this season. Uh, Bottas again, quite quite a decent race. Uh, didn't do anything of note other than get hit by Stroll. Gasly was ninth in the end. And I, feel like, um, points. I feel like he could have got Alpine. He was only seven seconds off. I feel like maybe if he hadn't had all that fighting, we could have seen maybe a little scrap at the end. Yeah, if, yeah, if Stroll hadn't had held him up, he could have maybe caught up to a car. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, it, I don't know. I feel like Bottas is very, very, do very well. I think very good this season. Yeah, I'd agree. Bottas, Bottas has been super, but Bottas has always been super, I think. I mean, it, Obviously, he could never reach the levels of Hamilton consistently. Yeah, but of course. He could reach the levels of Hamilton. He proved that a few times. And uh, at Williams, he pretty much slapped up Massa into retirement. So but Massa, uh, I don't know. Massa was always a bit slow after this incident. You know, he was never the same. True, but also when I was looking back after three races in 2010, he was leading the championship. So who knows? Was he? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I was sure that. He didn't even win. I was there like, like, I was <laughs> If only it comes through. I feel like, yeah. Which other drivers? I don't really have any other drivers that I think had a good race besides Albon, but we always spoke about Gasly. He was a bit quiet. He didn't do anything, I don't think. Yeah. Yuki was uh, the same. They're thereabouts. Uh, they in fact, better. why was Yuki so low in the end? I, I, I forget. He was 15th in the end. He was 15th. I believe. Yeah, qualified 13th, yeah. finished 15th. But I don't remember him having any incidents. Was that just lack of pace, bad strategy? Maybe got caught up by the safety car. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, he, he we've so... seen him in the race, have we? No, no I've, I've not seen Yuki. That's what I mean. I've, they didn't really. Yeah. No, I Poor don't. Yuki. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting. Seb uh, still actually not classified for the world championship yet. So uh, if that if it. <laughs> If the championship finished tomorrow, he actually wouldn't be. Uh, he just wouldn't be on the drivers' championship, which is. Quite I don't think he wants to be. I wouldn't want to be if I was him. No, Like. Let's see what teams bring updates for Imola and how they change it up, and then mm-hmm. we'll be back again. Yeah, we will be <laughs> back again. <laughs> back again. <laughs> Next, well, next time we speak, Mercedes would have won one two. That's what I'm saying right now. It'll be a one two and they would have left Mercedes. And that's that what we'll be talking about. 
<laughs> you can dream. I will, I will, I will. That'll be in my bowl prediction for the week. Well, the they were carrying sensors, actually, weren't they? They were carrying 1.5 kg of sensors this weekend. Yeah. In the race. Yeah, they were. Although, supposedly, Red Bull are going to lose 8 kg for Imola, so 1-2 for them. That's going to be a massive... Where are they going to lose all that weight? They're going to be like... Take out Max's uh, nipple ring. Yeah, true. Them gold ones. So the gold yeah. ones you got. Yeah. Well, thank you all That's for it. tuning in. Yeah, thank you. We are behind time limits. We'll be back in Imola and we'll speak to you all then. <laughs> oh.